This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Looking for the latest on the A's minor leagues? One of the latest additions to A's cast is The Farm. A look around the minor leagues with interviews, updates, and profiles on the future A's tearing up the minors. A's Farm Podcast. I'm your host, AthleticsFarm.com Editor-in-Chief Bill Moriarty. And today, we're going to be talking with the skipper of the A's AAA team in Las Vegas, Fran Reardon. He's managed the club since the A's moved their AAA affiliate to Vegas back in 2019. And before that, he managed the A's AAA team in Nashville for a year as well. With the A's currently in rebuild mode, there's already been a lot of opportunities for the players on his AAA team to get a look at the major league level. And we recently took the chance to talk with him about a number of the most promising prospects coming out of Las Vegas. Hey, thanks for joining me today, Fran. My pleasure, Bill. So, congratulations, first of all. Your team there in Vegas has been in first place for quite some time. I sure it always Helps get the day off to a good start when you can wake up and find yourself at the top of the standings anyway. <laughs> you know, it, it's been a lot of fun this year. Um, you know, we've played well for the majority of the year. We had a, a stretch in there where we won 12 out of 13 games. And, you know, we're, we're competitive on a night-to-night basis. And these guys are playing really hard and having a lot of success. Yeah, you know, it's a, it, it certainly has been a successful team on the field. You know, it's an interesting distinction, though, is obviously everybody wants to win. I'm sure you want to win every game. Every player there wants to win every game. But the, you know, the whole purpose of the minor leagues is to develop players. And a lot of times that requires working on skills that maybe aren't your best, you know, uh, maybe throwing that change up that you're not so confident in in certain situations so you can develop some confidence in it. Can you talk a little bit about that dynamic, the the push-pull between wanting to win but also wanting to, to develop players and develop their skills as well? Yeah, you know, I, I think it's all about balance, and you kind of alluded to it that that you do want to win every night, but at the same time you want to develop and you want to, make sure that these guys are ready to produce at the major league level, whether they're pitchers or position players and finding that balance and finding that happy medium where, you know, players can work on stuff that they need to work on stuff that they need to uh, do to get better, to, to perform at a high level in the major leagues. Uh, you gave a great example, a pitcher trying to develop a, a changeup that he's not that comfortable throwing or a breaking ball that maybe he's working on a new grip that, you know, you take it into competition and maybe you're not 100 percent committed to it yet, but you still have to do it. And the, the numbers, the numbers count during competition. So um, there's there's a fine line between working on stuff and competing. And at the end of the day, you know, what happens between the lines is important, not only to, to help us win games, but for the, the players development as well. So it, it's always trying to to walk that line and find that balance and to make sure that there's a a healthy combination of development, getting better, 
and competing on a night-to-night basis to win. Well, fortunately, you've had a lot of guys there this year who have developed and gotten better and, and had opportunities with the Major League team. Fortunately, for a lot of those players there, there are a lot of opportunities with the Major League team in Oakland this year, which I'm sure you know gives them a lot of uh, motivation to, to do what they've got to do. I wanted to start out by asking you about a number of guys who've, who've had a chance to spend some time in Oakland and you know have started the season there with you. And first of all, I wanted to ask you about shortstop Nick Allen. And obviously, he has always been known for being a great defensive shortstop. He's been recalled to Oakland again. He just hit his first major league home run, which is great to see. But can you talk a little bit about what you've seen out of him offensively this year and where you feel he's at and and what you feel he's going to need to do to be able to be a successful hitter at the major league level going forward? Absolutely. Nick Allen is the perfect example of somebody who has gotten so much better in the last couple of years. And I've had the pleasure of of working with Nick and uh, seeing Nick develop right in front of our eyes. And, you know, whether it was the alt site in 2020 in San Jose to him coming to AAA after the Olympics last year to what he's been able to do this season, there's been a steady progression of his offensive capabilities, his offensive commitment to who he is as a player and the execution in games and in competition. And I, I think it, it all came to fruition last night when, you know, he goes back for his second major league stint this year after spending a little bit of time there earlier in the year and hits a, hits a big home run in his, uh, in his, in his debut back up there. And it's just a, a testament to Nikki really, finally understanding who he wants to be as a hitter and spending the last couple of years just 100% committed to going in there, giving a competitive at bat, hitting the ball hard, using the entire field, using his speed, and just really, really understanding that that's who he needs to be as a hitter at the major league level to be productive. And uh, it's it's just my personal opinion, but he's done such a great job of that in the last year that I, I would be surprised if Nicky spent another day in the minor leagues. Yeah, I know. It's interesting. You know, even, even if you think you're Babe Ruth when you're in Little League, you have to realize <laughs> when you get when you get into pro ball, maybe not every hitter is cut out to be Babe Ruth, and you've got to figure out who you are going to be as a hitter if you're not going to be Babe Ruth, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's the most important thing a hitter can do. You know, you, you have people who – really don't have the self-awareness sometimes and they, they have all the talent in the world, but they're trying to be somebody that their physical skill set doesn't allow. And those are the guys that kind of stall out in the minor leagues and the, the, the players, especially young players who figure it out early and figure it out quickly that this is what I need to do to get the most out of my physical abilities. Those are the guys that, that really, you know, fulfill their potential and go and, and shine at the major league level. Well, I think a guy who who does have a great awareness of himself as a hitter and who's just such a great story is Jonah Bride. You know, he was a 23rd round draft pick for the A's, you know, hardly a, a top prospect to coming into pro ball, yet he, he's done nothing but hit since he's been in the A's system. He's now up with the major league club. 
He's been hitting well there, a guy who really, you know, just through his own efforts, put himself on the map. I know he only spent a couple weeks there with you in Vegas before he got the call to Oakland, but can you talk a little bit about what you saw out of Jonah Bride while he was there and what type of hitter you think he is and, and what you can envision for him in the major leagues uh, going forward? Yeah, Jonah's just a perfect example of uh, taking advantage of opportunities and not letting the fact that he wasn't a high-round draft pick. He's he's not a, you know, prototypical uh, blue-chip prospect that is, is a guarantee to make the big leagues and, uh, you know, have a 10-year career. He didn't think about any of those things. He thought about what he needed to do to get better. And we, we talked a little bit about identifying who you are as a hitter. He knows exactly who he is as a hitter. He has elite bat ball skills. He has good bat speed. He has good strike zone awareness. Uh, he sees spin well, and he knows exactly where he needs to get the barrel to make consistent hard contact. And you put all those things together, and you're, you're talking about a guy that can give you competitive at-bats at, no matter what level he's playing at, and uh, a guy that's not going to give anything away. He's not going to have empty at-bats. And he showed that in his short stint here in AAA. He obviously showed it in, uh, you know, the beginning of the season in AA, and now he's showing it at the, the highest level. So just a, an example of someone taking advantage of the opportunity in front of, front of him and running with it. Yeah, well, if he can just continue to do at the major league level what he did every stop of the way at the minor league level, uh, things should work out just fine for him. Uh, another guy I wanted to ask you about is Sheldon Noisy. He started out the season really hot for the A's, then went into a bit of a funk, went back down to Vegas, spent a couple weeks uh, there with you. I know you've spent plenty of time with him over the years. When he went back down to Vegas, he, he really tore it up. I, I, he showed a lot of power. I think he hit over a 400 in those couple weeks down there. So hopefully he's gotten it back on track. But can you talk a little bit about what you've seen out of Sheldon Noisy during his time back down there at Vegas and how you feel about him going forward? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Sheldon's kind of a special story just for me personally because I've I've been with him for parts of different years since 2017 when you know when he when he came over when he came over in the trade. So I, I spent a lot of time with him. I've seen him grow. I've seen him grow as a defender. I've seen him grow as a hitter and as and as a man and husband and father. And um, you know, I, I think what happened to Sheldon early in the the season isn't atypical. He started off as probably Oakland's best hitter for the first month. And then the league kind of made an adjustment to, to Sheldon as they do with, with young hitters, as they do, as they try to do with all hitters. And I, I think that Sheldon just maybe didn't have the, uh, the experience, the, the, the know-how to, to counter those, those adjustments that the league, the, the league's pitchers had made against them. And I think it battered his confidence a little bit. And him coming back down to AAA where he's had a lot of success, you know, he had a, a great year in 2019 with us. He's had some success with the Dodgers once he went over there in AAA. Uh, just, just coming back to a league that he's familiar in and getting his confidence back and, you know, really controlling the strike zone and really getting into a good position to hit again uh, just gave him a, a tremendous building block to, to go back to the big leagues and hopefully have a really productive you know, rest of the season because he did everything plus more that was asked of him here. And he kept his focus and he kept his motivation and he kept his energy the entire time he was here. And that's really what he needed to do. 
you know, so in the, in the span of two or three weeks, the, the damage that he did in AAA got him this other opportunity. And, uh, and I, I think everyone, everyone in the organization hopes he takes advantage of it. Well, like you say, there, there's a reason they say it's a game of adjustments, and uh, hopefully he's uh, made those adjustments and has got the, the self-confidence back that he needs to, to be able to succeed uh, back at the big league level again. Now, I wanted to ask you about a guy who's really been one of your best hitters there at Vegas all year, and that's catcher Shea Langoliers, who came over from Atlanta in the Matt Olson deal. Uh, he got off to a really hot start. He's still uh, leading your team in home runs. He's got a dozen home runs so far this year. He's always been known for his defensive skills as a catcher, but it seems like he's really upped his offensive game this year. So can you talk a little bit about what you've seen out of Shea Langoliers and what you forecast for him going forward as a as a major league hitter in the future? Sure, sure. Uh, the the defensive abilities speak for themselves. He's one of the most gifted uh, backstops that I've that I've had the pleasure to manage over the years. And he takes a lot of pride in what he does back there. He's an uh, an elite thrower. Um, not only does he have tremendous arm strength, but it's very accurate. He blocks the ball very well. He receives well. He calls a good game. He knows how to game plan. He knows how to sequence, and he takes a lot of pride in it. And that's the most important thing you have to have as a catcher is that ability to connect with the pitchers, the ability to have them loving throwing to you on a day-in and day-out basis because of the effort you give, because of the, the hard work that you put in before the game, during the game, after the game. And I, I know our pitching staff appreciate, appreciates that. Offensively, uh, he's, he's done everything and more that was to be expected. You know, I, I had never seen Shea pick up a ball until we got him in the trade. And, uh, you, you know, just watching him play on a night-to-night basis has been a pleasure. You know, the first month of the season, he had 10 or 11 home runs, was hitting 340, 350. Like I talked about the league-making adjustments at the major league level, you know, the same adjustments are being made here at the AAA level. And, you know, they, they kind of switched the script on Shea and how they pitched him. And he obviously was one of the most feared hitters in the league, so they were more careful with him. And, you know, Shea started to get a little bit outside of uh, his his hitting zone, you know, where he wanted to do damage because people were being more careful with him. And <clears throat> what we've seen in the last week or two is Shea, you know, countering these adjustments with his own. And he's starting to drive the ball more. He's starting to use the whole field again. Um, he's laying off. He's laying off breakers that he may have swung through in the past, or um, he, he, he's driving the baseball on pitches that he should be driving the baseball with again. So, again, his swing is very efficient. His, he's very strong and very powerful and very leveraged when he gets in that good position in the ground. And when, when you have all those things going for you, as long as you continue to use your mind to make the adjustments with your approach – you're going to have success. And I think Shea has a very bright future ahead of him, both offensively and defensively in the major leagues. Yeah, he certainly seems to have a lot going for him. And the future, future, I'm sure, looks pretty bright for him. One guy that kind of goes a bit overlooked on your squad and probably a name a lot of people don't know, but I wanted to ask you about him, is outfielder Vince Fernandez. You know, he was picked up in the minor league portion of the Rule 5 draft, and he, he's really been one of your most consistent hitters this year. He's been hitting for power. He's been getting on base and again since he's a guy people don't really talk about don't really know the name much I did want to ask you about him and and what you've seen out of him and how you feel about the contributions he's been able to make on the field for your team this year well Bill I love the fact that you ask about Vince because 
he has he has done nothing but really really good things since he's been here and you know to talking about opportunities and taking advantage of them he he's not a guy that was supposed to be an everyday player to start the year and you know when he did get his opportunities he showed that not only was he ready for them but he was ready to thrive in those situations you know there was a, a 10 game span where he hit over 550 with four or five home runs and just really kind of cemented himself as a big part of our offense and a big part of what we're trying to do here in Oakland, which is, you know, find value from other organizations, guys that may have slipped through the cracks, um, see what they have in the tank and, and give them the opportunity to show the organization and the baseball, the baseball world, who they are. And Vince is, you know, taking advantage of the situation. He's taken an, full advantage of the opportunities he's been given and, and has done really good things. So it's been a good story and uh, hopefully one that will continue for the rest of the year. Yeah, it's always good to see those uh, under-the-radar pickups uh, doing well. Uh, let me ask you about a handful of pitchers before we uh, wrap up here. First of all, I wanted to ask you about Jared Koenig. You know, he's up with Oakland now, but in the start of the season – you know, he was certainly one of the best, having one of the best seasons of any pitcher in the A's minor league system. He was really one of the best pitchers in the Pacific Coast League in the early going. Went up to Oakland, had some early struggles, finally notched his first win recently, which was great to see. But can you talk a little bit about what you saw out of Jared Koenig when he was there with you and, um, you know, how he impressed you and how he was able to succeed at the level he did there? What was What were the keys to his success there? Well, he, he's an unbelievable competitor. Um, he doesn't give in. He has uh, good stuff across the board. He locates well, and he's not going to let you beat him. And it was just so fun to watch him dominate the Pacific Coast League, and he's still the ERA leader in the PCL because he qualified innings-wise. It was so much fun to watch him dominate and to to – get to know the, the person, get to know the, the player and his journey. Um, he spent so much time in independent ball. He spent time in Australia. Uh, as you know, I've spent almost two decades in independent ball. So uh, those guys have a special place in my heart because I know the the grind. I know the grit. I know the determination and the, the just motivation that you have to have to, you know, get to another level and he's done that in spades. You know, he went from playing an independent ball and getting released by three or four independent teams to uh, pitching against the Red Sox in, in Fenway Park. <laughs> and if there's a better story out there in baseball this year, I don't know what it is because he's done such a phenomenal job of owning who he is, using every single pitch that he has in any situation and having the confidence to uh, throw any pitch and any count to any hitter Nothing's going to phase this kid, and uh, I, I really hope he keeps a little little hot streak going, pitching in the big leagues, and has a great year. Yeah, yeah. Well, like you mentioned, uh, given the amount of time you spent in indie ball, I'm sure you can appreciate what he's done but as, as much as anyone at this point, I'm sure. Another guy there in Vegas that had some success with Oakland but is back there with you in Vegas is Zach Logue. And um, you know, he turned in some really good starts for Oakland. Then he hit a bump in the road, and he's back down there in Vegas, has been struggling a bit. Can you talk a little bit about where you feel Zach Logue is at and uh, what it is he needs to uh, accomplish to get back to uh, the pitcher that he needs to be? Sure. Um, Zach is, is in a really good place, in my opinion. And I think what it's going to come down to with him is fastball command. 
And if you, if you asked him, I think he would tell you the same thing. He has, he has really good stuff. Uh, he's a, he's a workhorse left-hander that is durable. Um, you know, he's not a 95 guy, but he's, he's 90, 92. And he's got a good little cutter, a good changeup, um, a good slider. And he knows how to pitch. But it all starts with fastball command and being able to, to work at glove side and arm side and, and stay out of the middle of the plate. And when he does get in trouble is when he falls behind the count or gives free passes and then, you know, leaves one over the heart of the plate for, for damage. But there's, there's one thing that, that he has been so impressive with, whether he's had his best command or he's had his best stuff or not, he goes out and he will compete and compete and give you everything he has and make pitches when there's runners on base and dodge traffic. And next thing you know, you look up and he hasn't had his best stuff. It hasn't been crisp. It hasn't been pretty. But you look up at the scoreboard and he gave you six innings and, and allowed three runs. And he's got that kind of talent to, to, to get by and to give any team a chance to win when he's pitching because of his competitiveness and because of his mental toughness. And I, I think when he combines locking down fastball command and, and having the confidence to throw it wherever he wants and, and do what he wants with it, it's, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a really positive effect. And I think that's going to be the, the key to his big league success. Okay. And one final arm I wanted to ask you about there is uh, right-hander Adrian Martinez, who came over from the Padres in the off season. Uh, he had the chance to go up and make one start for the A's and did a really good job. Uh, it was just a temporary gig though. And he's been back down there with you in Vegas. And certainly one thing about him, you know, he's been putting up really good strikeout numbers, which is, is good to see when a guy can uh, fool that many batters that consistently. But uh, you've obviously had your eyes on him plenty this year. Tell me a little bit about what you've seen out of Adrian Martinez, where you feel he's at, and, and what you feel he needs to do to go back and be a successful pitcher at the major league level. Absolutely. You know, in the beginning of the season, you, you watch – again, he came over in a trade, so I didn't have a lot of experience with him. But you, you watch his first side, and you see he's got a great fastball. He's, he, can, he can really sink it. Um, he doesn't he – doesn't, pinpoint commanded but he throws strikes with it and knows how he wants to use it he has an excellent changeup that he calls a screwball that that tunnels just like his fastball and does you know has has effectiveness to right-handers and left-handers which he's not afraid to throw it to either either side and you, you just saw kind of a pedestrian breaking ball so I, I think the focus for him and his his work in between starts has been to develop uh, a sharper breaking ball, a more consistent breaking ball, and something that plays away from his sinker and his changeup. Because if he can, if he can get a, a plus pitch that goes the other way, that you know it's consistent, that he can rely on, that he can run into lefties, that he can run away from righties, it's going to give him another strikeout weapon. And I think every start he's gotten better and better with the breaking ball, and. It's a, a, a player that knows, hey, this is what I have to do to become a, a really good big league pitcher, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to work on it. I'm going to have the confidence to, to work on it in competition between the lines. And it's something that he's really you know, embraced and worked hard at. So, yeah, I, I think he's really turning himself into a quality major league pitcher, and I, I think he's got a great future ahead of him as well. 
Yeah, he looks like another one who could uh, have a have a nice future in Oakland. And uh, there again, there will be opportunities this year and next year, I'm sure too. So a lot of those guys that you've been overseeing and working with there in Vegas are are going to be guys that A's fans are going to be seeing in Oakland this season and next season. So I encourage everyone to keep one eye peeled on what's going on in Las Vegas, the guys that Fran Reardon is managing there. And again, thank you so much for taking the time to share your insights on some of these guys with us today, Fran. We certainly wish you the best of luck the rest of the way there in Vegas. All right, Bill. It was a pleasure. Thanks a lot. And thanks to all of you out there for listening to this edition of our A's Farm podcast. Be sure to check back in for the next episode. And don't forget that you can always find updates on the A's top prospects and all the daily action in the A's minor league system on our A's Farm website at athleticsfarm.com. That's athleticsfarm.com. Thanks again. I'm A's Farm Editor-in-Chief Bill Moriarty, and we'll see you again down on the farm. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.